Hi, my name is Nicole Maines, a.k.a. Neonal, a.k.a. Dreamer, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And I'm Nicole Maines. And for this episode of the podcast, uh, we got a little teaser there. Uh, We are joined by Nicole Maines, who plays Nia Nall slash Dreamer on Supergirl. So welcome to Supergirl Radio, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting for us. Very exciting. We have lots of questions for you. uh, So I'm I'm glad that you could be here to answer uh, some of our questions that we have been uh, dying to ask. Uh, somebody in the know all, all season. So, but before we get into some of the dreamer questions, um, we like to ask our first time guests on the podcast about their first time uh, meeting uh, uh, the character of Supergirl. Mm-hmm. So do you remember the first time you uh, saw or heard about Supergirl? I feel like I've known about Supergirl for a few years, but I feel like the first time I kind of became familiar with the character was more recent than I care to admit with um the release of injustice too because she was a major character of course in that game and so i'd kind of been familiar with the character but i hadn't really gotten to learn so much about her and i didn't really get as into the character until after i played that game and then of course i started watching supergirl uh injustice too is actually uh very supergirl centric she's very important to that story very that's uh, when Superman sort of goes rogue and sort of evil, and she has to try to yeah. bring him back. So yeah, that's a that's actually a mm-hmm. great introduction to Supergirl uh, because she's so she's so <laughs> oh, important. Yeah. That game's all about Supergirl. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I guess since we're here, uh, and I I'm it sounds like you're a gamer, so I'm curious. Uh, in season five of Supergirl, there's all this virtual reality stuff going on in the Mm -hmm. story with leviathan and all that um so my Mm -hmm. question is would you want to jump in the vr as a gamer would (laughs) Would you you put those lenses on (laughs) yes absolutely (laughs) that was an immediate response (laughs) oh i've had this conversation before with friends um because when of course sword art online that anime first came out a friend of mine and i watched it and we kind of had this um unanimous understanding we were like you know if we got trapped in vr that'd be fine (laughs) (laughs) so watching this season of supergirl i'm like this is fine so you're willing to like go in and just stay in i'm will i'm willing to go if i listen if they ever kind of come out with that virtual reality mmo deep immersion 
I'm going into it with the expectation I'm not coming out. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting all of my assets in order. And I'm like, I'll see you all when I see you, if I see you. <laughs> I'll see you on the Canc- other side. You just absolutely. <laughs> Cancel all my plans. <laughs> what Would it change your mind if you knew there was an evil organization uh, wrapping people up in tinfoil? Mm, on the one hand... No. <laughs> like, no. I was going to be like, is, is being becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, <laughs> listen, they say you are what you eat. So I'm already halfway there. It's an acceptable don't risk. Me. An acceptable Absolutely. risk. Well, you know, <laughs> VR and the aliens can't read my mind. I mean, that seems like two for one. Uh, so are there any um, things about the VR and Supergirl season five that uh, you've enjoyed that you would you would want to jump in there? Like, would you want to be Supergirl in the VR or would you want to oh, yes. would you want to be a treasure hunter? Be, yeah, I kind of want to try it all. I feel like I'd want to do like a new thing all the time. I def I feel like I'd want to do like a fantasy MMO like Dungeons and Dragons. I want to fight a dragon <laughs> or ride a dragon. I, I I have yet to decide if I if in VR I would be a good guy or a bad guy. Raise your hand if you know you played Skyrim and you called a dragon onto the city of Solitude just to watch him run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's true. I never thought that you could actually be a bad guy in the VR. Yeah, you could be whoever you wanted. Well, you you have to think about like in already online you have like internet trolls and everything and you have people who use the anonymity of the internet to become someone different so and we've already kind of been seeing people use doing that for good on supergirl so it makes sense that people would do that for evil yeah and i guess that uh, leads uh, into my next question with um people doing things for evil with you know uh, anonymity and and things like that uh, you had a big episode recently with Reality Bites yeah. where that thing, that same kind of thing was happening, sort of a, a catfish situation that was happening with um, mm-hmm. Yvette and uh, Nia. So um, what, what does it mean to you personally that you are able to bring representation to a group of people who don't usually see themselves as a superhero? Well, I mean, it means the world. What I really want everyone to understand, um, you know, I hear the response and I hear how validated people feel and how affirming this is. And I, I'm like, I want you guys to know. I'm like, I feel the exact same way you guys do. I'm like, this is my first trans superhero too. So to get to turn on my television every Sunday and to see a superhero protecting the trans community and being openly trans and being proud of that, that means just as much to me as it does to everybody else watching the show. Um, So being able to then be that superhero and get to put on that suit is, I I was more excited than anybody to be reading the scripts. I was like, what streamer doing this week? I'm so excited. Um, So when Robert and Jessica told me they wanted to do this story with Nia and Yvette, I was just immediately on board. I was so excited Um, just because I think that's an exciting, arc for dreamer as a hero to kind of dip her toe into those vigilante waters but i thought it was exciting to have a a major television network talking about 
the dangers that the trans community face every week. Um, and then also do that in a way where, yes, the trans person is the victim, but, but you see them survive that and you see them recover and thrive. And it's, it is not, you know, like the end of their story. I think a lot of the time when shows do trans violence, it's showing a trans woman be murdered and just kind of that's how their story is defined. So to get to see Nia and Yvette rise above this, um, I thought was also really rewarding to do yeah definitely and and how involved were you with that episode did they they sort of bring you into the collaboration process yeah yeah no they were really fantastic through the whole writing process um before we even got the first writer's draft done I was on the phone with the writers and Robert and Jessica and we had you know just this hour-long phone call where we talked about what we want to do the points we want to make you know who do we want Gregory Bowers to be what do we want his sort of thinking process do we want to give him a backstory or does he really need a backstory at all does it matter um and then of course so much ends up on the cutting room floor um we wanted to decide what what sort of things did we want to um nail to the floor and say you know nothing can this has to stay in the episode no matter what else gets cut um, and so there were a couple points we wanted to make. Um, for me, it was addressing um, sort of how violence has taken a back seat with police in sort of historically um, talking about the increased risk that trans women of color face. Um, I, I also thought it was really important to give Yvette that line. So she's not just the victim and she doesn't just have like Nia telling her what her situation is. Like she's also a grown woman. Like she knows... I mean, she said it. She knows what she's up against. She she is aware of her situation. Um, so I thought it was very important to give her that line. And I thought it was very, very important to use as many real statistics and facts in the episode that we could. So when um, William was showing his article to Kara, um, the mo- mortality rate in the episode, which was had been uh, 24 um, women being the victims of um, hate-related violence, that was the actual number at the date of filming in the United States. Um, and then also that the real number was actually likely much, much higher due to underreporting or misreporting or misgendering in police reports. Um, so the writers were really fantastic in just kind of snowballing with me and running ideas back and forth and making sure that I was involved in the whole process. Um, because I think they know that I am a resource for them and that they can talk to me um, about these issues. And I'm not the only one they're talking to, which is really important because, you know, a lot of that isn't my personal trans experience. And so then they were also talking to other folks, other resources, um, GLAD and other groups and kind of just running all of these ideas by. And so they did this with such integrity, um, doing this episode right was just as important to them as it was to me. Yeah, and I, I thought it was uh, pretty impactful to see that Nia struggled with some of the uh, 
the the way to handle it and I, I thought that was a really yeah. honest, honest way to go about it that she was mad and she you know really wanted to yeah. you know to to hurt him but you know there was that lesson that Kara sort of we, we we like to joke on Supergirl radio that uh that car car's hope speeches could really you know get people back from the brink uh, yeah, <laughs> they, so, pack, they pack a punch yeah <laughs> uh, maybe more than her actual super punches uh, so yeah, so, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I was glad to see that uh, Nia learned something through that, and it probably made her a, a stronger character and a stronger hero through that. So I was glad Absolutely. to see see how that uh, happened. Me too. Well, you know, I think a lot of the time, in especially in kind of like the Arrowverse kind of superhero shows, we have our heroes dealing with such loss and such high stakes, episode after episode after episode. And so I was really excited to kind of have dreamer and have Nia have a moment and that's why I love that scene with Kara on the balcony so much where she has a moment and she says I am not okay I at this point in the series Nia has lost her mother her sister uh her boyfriend her universe she died she (laughs) came back to life true oh yeah yeah so she's kind of been dealing with a lot and then tack on the added guilt that she didn't see her mother's death coming. She wasn't able to save Yvette. She didn't see crisis coming. So she, to, in her in her kind of mind at that point, she was like, I let my mother die. I let Yvette get attacked. And I let literally everybody in the entire universes, except for seven people, die. <laughs> no pressure. So no. she's like, yeah, I'm not doing like super hot right now. <laughs> Her boy and then her boyfriend broke up with her after all that that's rough and so she's just kind of like yeah yeah i'm gonna smash this guy's face in <laughs> so i'm i'm glad you bring up uh dreamers abilities because we have lots of questions about especially dreamers dream energy so uh, i was mm-hmm. wondering if you could help us understand how the dream energy works so how was how totally. was uh, Dreamer's Dream Energy sort of like the concept of it introduced to you? Was it in the script or did someone sort of act it out or yeah. how, how was it explained to you? So sort of I first found out about Dream Energy in um, episode 13 of last season when we're having the, um, the Super Friends versus the Elite um, fight and it says I blast Menagerie with Dream Energy and I was like, hold up (laughs) i do energy blasts now because of course that's not something that um dream girl does in the comics right and so the way that dream energy works is brainiac designed these gauntlets for nia which um kind of channel her the the um the dreaming so kind of the concept of uh the dream powers in the comics is there's a force it's kind of like the speed force Mm. and it's called the dreaming and so it channels the dreaming into these gauntlets, gauntlets, and it kind of manifests it, um, or harnesses it rather. Because we did see her kind of do a accidental dream blast when she was first trying to astral project, and it kind of exploded in front of her. <laughs> so Brainiac was kind of like, "Oh, we can harness this kind of power," and right. so it's kind of harnessing the the dreaming and the astral projection kind of energy into um, a force. It's kind of a little, it's like a little green lantern, a little scarlet witch, um, (laughs) uh, but it has a lot more um, puns. Yes. Yes. A lot of good quality dream puns involved. (laughs) 
Thank you. Uh, do you still keep a, a notebook of? Uh, I heard you one time speak about I absolutely uh, keeping do. In a notebook of all your dream <laughs> yep. ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fifteen, the nap time when she took down the do- Dominator was from the notepad. Jesse helped me pick it out. Good. To, <laughs> good awesome. to know. Uh, so you mentioned Neur- so you mentioned a Dream Girl, uh, Neuronal from the comics, mm-hmm. of the Legion of Superheroes. When you got the part, did you do any research into the Legion of Superheroes and Dream Girl, and and what? Yeah. What, what do you take away from yeah. that character into Dreamer's portrayal? Yeah, so I did a ton of research into the Legion of Superheroes comics. Uh, DC sent me a whole box of different volumes from different kind of continuities. Um, so we have older comics, I have newer comics. Um, I have, the, of course, the pre-zero hour where um, Dream Girl and Brainiac um, were a couple, so I could kind of study that relationship and that dynamic. Um and then I, um, the comic that really kind of showed me who Dream Girl was, was there was a comic in the, I want to say 80s, um, but it was this one where Dream Girl had gone back to Naltor, um, where the High Seer had called her and said, hi, there's something going on. No one on Naltor is able to see the future anymore. Can you help us? And she was like, yeah, sure, I can help you. And she was like, <laughs> What they don't understand is I can't see the future right now either. So without her power, she had to figure out what was going on. Um, and she stops this bank robbery where three goons um, jump in and they're, and they're robbing a bank. And they're like, oh, it's Dream Girl. She doesn't have any freaking power. She can't hurt us. Because um, kind of the theme for Nurag throughout the comics was, you know, kind of don't judge a book by its cover. Everyone always thought, you know, that just because she sees the future and she didn't have any kind of flashy, she didn't have cool gauntlets like Mia has. (laughs) Um, You know, everyone kind of assumed that Dream Girl was not a threat in combat, even though Karate Kid had like kind of taught her how to, and she was genius. She had genius level intellect, second only to Brainiac. And she was adept at hand-to-hand combat. And what really kind of showed me her uh, moxie was she realized that the Legion flight ring was operated off of the user's willpower. And so she, there was some debris that she was hiding behind. And she was like, if I really wanted to lift this thing up with the Legion flight ring, I could do it. So she uses the flight ring as kind of a levitation telekinesis device and, you know, starts throwing stuff at him. And that was kind of, I was like, oh, and no one had done that before. And I was like, she's really smart. She's crafty. Um, she's foxy. And she, she's, so I was, I really liked that resourcefulness um, from Dream Girl. And so I really wanted to make Dreamer kind of that same, um, same kind of, you know, a little, a little bit of like, <laughs> so Originally, when I was crafting Dreamer and when I was crafting Nia, I wanted Dream Girl to kind of be the point B. I wanted it to be like Nia walked into CatCo that first day, and you could kind of see through some of her interactions, like, oh, I could see down the line how she could kind of become someone like Dream Girl. How she could kind of develop that confidence and that kind of flirtatious moxie and... Some and that's kind of how I started, and then I realized somewhere down the line that she really blossomed into her own entity separate from 
dream girl. And so they're re- at this point, they're really not alike. She doesn't have that same kind of um, knowing twinkle in her eye that, that Nura has. Um, she's much more, um, I think she's much closer to like a Peter Parker type. Hmm. Um, she's much more, she's much more just like full and um, enthusiastic and bubbly and bouncy. Um, whereas I think dream girl is more, um, well, like I said, she has like a twinkle in her eye and she's much more flirtatious and she's much more, um, she's much more that, but I think they both kind of have a type of swagger to them, um, that I, that I, um, that I still kept. I can definitely see that. And, uh, one of the more notable differences between Nura and Nia are the costumes. So I, yeah. I was, I was curious of uh, what, what kind of input, if any, did you have in creating Dreamer's costume? Because this is the first time the Dreamer character was created, and and this is the first yeah. costume that we've we've gotten from uh, Dreamer. So, what what was that process like? Yeah, um, well, of course, the costume we wanted to draw elements from the comics to kind of make it look like you know like it was kind of a homage or a reference of course i'm not going to run around vancouver in winter in a chrome leotard yeah. um <laughs> as much as i would love to <laughs> um, but you still you do see kind of the outline of that kind of leotard shape with the decent silver in her costume um sort of along the torso it's kind of that similar shape and then the limbs are filled in with blue um, so it's kind of that similar, um, it's kind of a similar silhouette. Um, and then of course my input really came, like if I really like despised something, they weren't going to like throw me in it, but it was really <laughs> more up to them. But my major input was they had a whole bunch of fabric swatches selected. Um, and I came in and I saw I saw like the iridescent rainbow material that's on dreamers. Um, that's the silver on her costume. And I saw it and I was like this, whatever else we use, <laughs> we have to use this. It was so, it, it called to me. It said, it said, Nicole, put me on your body. Have me. If you'll have me, put me on. And I said, I will have you. <laughs> And the it costume was, was the nanny. <laughs> it was the nanny. <laughs> it was so. It, it's. I mean, it's so beautiful up close. It's. It's this. It's this organic. It's kind of like this techno organic, futuristic. Um, it kind of reads a little chrome, a little rainbow iridescent. So it's like you know a little gay, <laughs> and it was so beautiful. And 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 she was like, okay, yeah, we'll use that. Very cool. Yeah. Circular costume. I love it so much. If my really what, my only change is if we were going ever redo the costume, I'm just like more of that kind of chrome silver. I'm just like I love it so much. I'm like let's bring it down the arms. Let's <laughs> let's see more of it. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look for that uh, that outline of uh, the the torso. Now I, I guess I've never noticed that before, but that's that's really cool that you've been able to incorporate Dream Girl in the costume. Um, so. Yeah. So since you're into uh, costumes, and I think you're also, are, are you a cosplayer? I used to be in high school. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you could uh, cosplay as any other character in either Supergirl or the Arrowverse, who would you want to cosplay as? Probably Killer Frost. 
Oh, in her outfit's mm. really cool. That's I love, I love, I love the hair. I love the. She, she has such great costumes. Um, maybe Speedy. Okay. Thea Queen was, yeah. ve- was yeah. had a very cool yeah. costume. Um, we have some good ones. We have some good ones. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to choose from. Mine's still the best though. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, you know, I don't want anyone else to, fud, but. <laughs> No, well, I get to cosplay the best one every week. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of the Arrowverse, uh, would you want to go visit any of the other shows? Any? I know, I know uh, you all have been a part of the the crossovers, but um, mm-hmm. would you want to go hang out in, say, Central City or Star City? Totally. Now that you're oh. all in the same universe. Yeah. Well, that's what I hope Drop we get by. to do. I kind of <laughs> hope that now we're all in the same universe. Crossovers are smaller but perhaps more frequent um i'd love i would love for nia to just like you know kind of like pop into gotham and just be like hey girl had a dream something's coming you know just look <laughs> out for it you're doing amazing sweetie stay safe call me <laughs> if you need me um i think that'd be so cool i think it'd be really cool to see nia um on legends and kind of see how her how her dream powers interact with time travel um seeing the future and then moving around um i think would be very cool and that show is crazy too so that would be so crazy i feel like neon legends would be hilarious i mean because i feel like my puns would just fit right in oh yeah Um, (laughs) time travel and the 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 dream abilities that would sort of clash maybe a little bit yeah that would be a very interesting thing to play with and then of course I feel like regardless of what we do I really I really want to see like a queer team up of like all of our queer superheroes like having like a we could be called the queeros (laughs) it would be like me Batwoman um White Canary Alex um Constantine is queer, right? Yeah, yeah. You could get yeah, Constantine Const- in there too. Constantine comes in, and and we all have a gay old time, <laughs> and it'd be great. I would watch that crossover. That'd be right? awesome. Yeah, right. And that is the five episode crossover. Everyone <laughs> yeah, exactly. else gets the crossover <laughs> off, and it's just the gays running around. <laughs> um, it'd be great. I I think they could probably make that happen. Uh, now I assume I, so. I I assume that crossovers now will be a little. Uh, lower scale now that we've done yeah. crisis on infinite earths we've done the big one now that we've gotten yeah. rid of all the universes <laughs> i don't know i don't know i i mean i hope i'm excited to see what the other crossovers are gonna look like because uh, i wasn't i really only got to um interact with mostly supergirl characters except for that big fight at the end um so we and you know then we were all fighting so i'd re- i still really want to see um dreamer or Nia even just like interact with everybody else and see those different character dynamics and see those relationships form, you know, off of the battlefield. Yeah, those are those are always the I think for me the most exciting parts of the crossover, just watching the characters like kind of have a conversation. If you really? one or two Arrowverse characters that you would want like Nia to just like have a scene with. Of course, Iris, just because I love Candace. Um <laughs> Um, Constantine, again, um, Sarah, Sarah Lance, um, and Bebo. 
<laughs> oh yeah, definitely Bebo. Solid choice. <laughs> Mia would love him. <laughs> like Bebo was like a villain, right? He was like some weird giant thing that tried to kill everybody. What was the deal with Bebo? Yeah, Be- Bebo, Bebo was like a child's toy that a bunch of Vikings thought was a god, and then they started <laughs> like worshiping him. <laughs> and then at Stop the end there, of one season, and then at the end of one season, um, all of to defeat the enemy, all of the legends become Bebo, like. <laughs> With their powers combined, Captain Planet style. <laughs> I want them all to become Bebo, and I want Dreamer to ride Bebo into battle. Amazing! Just like up on the top with like <laughs> up on the top, she has a sword. That would be terrifying. I think your enemies would just run away. <laughs> I think they'd have to. <laughs> well, I don't know why uh, Nia can't have like a little Bebo, like you know. In, in her bedroom, like a little teddy bear. Uh, totally. You know. Or like a really cute Bebo backpack. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, I want match, Bebo's backpack. The colors <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if Nia would have that. Nicole wants that. <laughs> That's true. Bebo does sort of color coordinate with Dreamer a little bit. Yeah. So that, that could work. Um, so we mentioned Nia a little bit. Uh, so we have a lot of Catco questions. Um, so... Okay. So what is it like being in the uh, the Catco set and how it, it's changed a little bit over time because Cat was running the show and then James was in charge and mm-hmm. now Andrea's running the show. So uh, have you noticed any changes in the like the set or uh, well, yeah, the characters? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, most obviously the <laughs> the CEO's office is constantly changing. <laughs> um Andrea's is much, much different than James's. James's was much more open and much, I think it was cozier and warmer. Um, And Andrea's is, it's all modern. It's all chic. Um, There's the, the wall of TVs is gone. And now it's like a staircase down to Obsidian North. Nina's desk doesn't really change that much. Um, I'm kind of positioned right in front of where the office is. Um, I have a little kitty on my desk that always moves, though. I feel like people always... It's weird. I feel like (laughs) it's been established as my desk, but I'm never there. Or when I'm I'm not there, or when I'm standing around CatCo, it's very funny. They put background, like, they'll have a background actor, like, sitting in my chair. And I'm like, why is someone in Nia's desk? (laughs) And then they have this little ceramic kitty cat that's there that I think used to be um, Eve's. Oh. Um, when she worked at Catco, I think oh. Andrew was telling me that that was hers. And I saw it on a desk once and I was like, oh, that's mine now. And I put, and I moved that and I put. So I've slowly kind of started collecting things from around the Catco set and started <laughs> moving them onto Nia's desk. <laughs> so. By the end of the show, is the desk. Nia might, I think Nia <laughs> might have a problem. <laughs> um, I think Nia gets a little grabby. There's like there's like a post-it notes all over the office from HR that's like please stop stealing your coworkers things. <laughs> Absolutely, it's like Nia, Nia, this has to stop. <laughs> and well, she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then they like open her purse, and it's just like spoons. it's just like troll dolls. And... <laughs> it's a bunch of stuff she doesn't want, but she just likes the rush of taking it. <laughs> Pictures of other people's families. And... <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you brought up Nia's desk because, uh, Morgan, I don't know if you want to uh, introduce this question. Oh, uh, sure, yeah. Because I I think you know what I'm going to ask. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. So we on Supergirl Radio, we have a sort of a strange long running joke that because we never saw James's like apartment or where he lived, that uh-huh. he like slept under his desk like uh, George Costanza on Seinfeld when he made that like <laughs> under desk area. So then we would do like a like a desk watch where we'd be like, well, James was going to go home, but then he only turned around and went headed back to his desk. So <laughs> and we we also saw on the show that Franklin was sleeping under his desk at CatCo. So we feel like it's maybe a cultural thing there. So, so d- does Nia oh, have a oh, desk bed at work? Um, since I mean, she 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 just falling asleep a lot. Yeah, I think she just sleeps at her desk. I don't think she really has a desk bed. I think her bed, wherever sleep finds her. <laughs> um, although I think it's now her her narcolepsy problem. Her narcolepsy problem is more related to. She was not sleeping hmm. when we first introduced her. She was in such a state of exhaustion constantly that she would just pass out because she hasn't slept for days and days and days. Because when she first started having these visions, she was like, I can't do this. Uh, it's supposed to be Maves. I can't. These are crazy. I'm not ready to deal with this. So she just would like not sleep to avoid him. And so you'd see her have this problem with energy drinks. Um, and coffee, and she would do whatever she could to stay awake. And so now she doesn't really fall asleep at her desk so much because um, now she's kind of embraced the dreaming and now she can get home and sleep. <laughs> um, although, you know, now it's um, now it's a matter of if she is hit with a dream, she will fall asleep wherever she is. <laughs> if she's hit with a vision, she's going down. Well, there are actually, we discovered uh, that there are actually desk beds that people can buy. Like, those are actually a thing. Stop there. Yeah. I want that. That's for Nia. <laughs> you can actually, like... You can uh, pitch that for next season. Yeah. I want one of those. I think Nia might think need a desk bed. Her. I think that is an important step to take in mm. storytelling, mm-hmm. that we give her her own desk bed. She could still... Really going through an arc there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's the character development that we love to see. She could she could still take things from around the office and just decorate her under desk <laughs> bedroom. Yeah, oh, totally. She yeah. has like a little thing of like Christmas lights under yeah. it. That would be really pretty. She has a she has a little mobile a mobile <laughs> a mobile mobile that she made of stolen stuff. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. she just gives a little spin, and it's like paper clips and like like you said, a portrait of someone's family. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have any, uh, you've been on the show for uh, almost a full two seasons now. Do you have any favorite moments of being on the show? Do you have any favorite memories or, uh, favorite behind the scenes, uh, things or even favorite scenes? I loved, I mean, I loved the whole episode, um, with, I think episode eight last season with Brainy and Kara and Nia where they kind of like as a trio went um, to investigate Agent Liberty. I felt like that was a really fun, fun episode to do. And I had a really great time doing. And of course, Kevin Smith directed. And that's always a blast. Um, I, I think my favorite scene that I've gotten to do so far. I loved the fight scene between Nia and the Children of Liberty. I loved that American Dreamer was playing, and and we ha- it we were trying to nail the 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 move where she slams the ground, she looks up, 
all superhero like we were trying to nail it and then david had the idea he was like let's just put on the song and so we put on american woman in the background the second we put on the music i mean it just happened yeah and it was magic and we were like oh here it is (laughs) so that was a very fun scene to do um and let's see any others and i love all the i love all the scenes um with brainiac and naya those are always really fun to do i loved the breakfast burrito in bed scene (laughs) that was a lot of fun for me a lot of dreams came true Um, (laughs) love i love breakfast burritos and jesse told me he was like you're gonna be sick of those by the time we finished the scene and i was like is that a challenge (laughs) (laughs) and so i ate all of those you're just really living your bliss. <laughs> I was I was living my life. I was thriving. <laughs> um, so you mentioned David Harewood directing. So a, a bunch of the actors are starting to direct now. Uh, so uh, what yeah. what did you think? Uh, so we haven't seen Melissa Benoist's episode yet. Um, but do you have any uh, thoughts or do you want to tell people about anything about how Melissa approached directing? I have no idea. I wasn't in the episode. Oh, really? Oh. I have no idea. So I got all the pictures. <laughs> I, I, got, I got to see everything. And I know she did a, phen- a phenomenal job because no one knows the show better than she does. And she's just such a bright light that she can't. I mean, she couldn't not be amazing at directing. because She's amazing at everything. But I was like, yeah, I have no idea. But she was so, she was so great. I know leading up to it, she she was, you know, as she was shadowing and as she was, as she was um, prepping the episode before, um, she was doing phenomenal and she was so into it. Um, and so I'm so, I'm really excited to see the episode. Would you uh, ever want to direct an episode? Um, I feel like I, I can't be responsible for that. Um, I mean, I feel like years down yeah. the line, I might be, I might be, cause I'm still, I'm still, I feel like I'm so new to just the business in general that I feel like I'm still learning so much and that it's so stressful, you know, cause I'm like, I don't have formal acting training. I didn't go to Juilliard or anything. So I feel like these past few seasons, you know, the world has really just been watching me learn and fumble and try to like figure out what I'm doing up here. Um, and so I'm still trying to figure that out. So maybe once I get that down, I'm going to leave the, <laughs> that to the grown-ups. Speaking of like the future, what what is your um like dream storyline oh, for nice. for Nia? Like, thank you, thank you. I was working on that. Ooh, I'm really proud of that one. I'm, I'm proud of you. Um, I would love to see her maybe go to Naltor at some point. I would love to see her explore her Naltorian heritage. Um. Because there's, I feel like there's so much lore surrounding Naltor and the dreaming that hasn't been really dug into deep yet, and I feel like that. And we know Brainiac taught her a little bit about it, but we still don't know the specifics. So I think it'd be really cool to kind of see more what Brainiac told her, more what she learned from Calix in the fortress when she looked up Naltor. Um, I feel like that would be really cool. And I, I'm, I mean, I, I just want to know what it, 
create a black hole and destroy the fabric of space time if <laughs> there was a cameo from Nura. I'm like, oh. could those two interact oh. without without the world exploding? That could be the next crossover is that accidentally explode the world and they have to fix it. <laughs> totally. That's a that's a really cool idea. We've we've talked on our podcast about how sometimes the show feels a little small in terms of like the world building. So it would be cool to like we've seen uh Kara and Monel go to Argo. So it would be nice to see Mia yeah. go to to Naltor as well. Yeah. Yeah. I really want I really want to even if we don't go to Naltor and Altor, it'd be really great to just see her explore more of that and explore um her heritage because we haven't seen we haven't really gotten to see her do that that would be and that could be a juicy and that could be a juicy storyline with her sister oh yeah yeah we we would oh yeah definitely love to see Maeve come back just to see how that family dynamic can can grow and change oh well I'd love to see Maeve maybe like become kind of a white witch kind of character oh yeah Ooh. I'd love to see her kind of like step into kind of the role of Missa Null, yeah. Nura's sister. And because of course Missa was future blind in the comics, and so she went to the planet Xerox and learned magic from the sorcerers there. And so I'm like, maybe there's a couple of like tomes left over on Earth that like Maeve dove into. <laughs> I'm like like maybe Maeve is gonna try to use magic to steal the powers from Nia. I'm like, I feel like there could be a bunch of cool. I feel like there's a bunch of cool storylines that we could do surrounding Naltor because there's so much we don't know. I have to say, I am personally super impressed with your comic book knowledge of <laughs> Thank you very superheroes totally. and Dream Girl. <laughs> Uh, we we try to do a lot of that. Um, we we do character spotlights. So if there's a new comic book character coming onto the show, we try to do research and talk about you know the comic book history and everything leading up to the show. And so I, I I'm pretty um, I'm pretty hard to to please or hard to impress in that regard. So the fact that you know your stuff that's that's I'm really impressed. Thank you True, very much. And Thank you. Um, so just to kind of wrap up our uh, discussion and our questions. So being on this show, you've been on the show on Supergirl for two seasons. What What is it just kind of in general meant to you, either uh, personally or career-wise? What would you say your experience has, has meant to you? It's been, I mean, this has been one of the most transformative times of my life. I, I've, I, I feel I've learned so much about what I want to do. I've learned so much about acting, like more than I ever learned in any acting class I took in college or anything, just being on set and being around professionals and such talented people has taught me so much and have made such amazing connections and such amazing friends that when I went to Vancouver two years ago and when I moved there not knowing anybody, I did not expect that I was going to form the relationship with the cast and crew that I did. Um, I did not think that, I didn't think I'd like care about them as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've seen something about pancakes. Team pancakes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's me and, um, me and Andrea Brooks. Um, we went out for pancakes 
posted the pictures. Everyone loved it. And then we did a convention together in Birmingham uh, in the UK. Um, and we did a panel and we brought pancakes to our panel and we like invited audience members to like <laughs> come up on stage and eat pancakes with us. Best panel ever. That, that it was very fun. <laughs> we had an amazing time. That's a really good idea. Why don't we do that on the podcast, Morgan? Why don't we eat pancakes and what podcast? <laughs> why don't we just eat pancakes as we podcast? I- I'm into it. I think <laughs> yeah. we should incorporate it. <laughs> I mean, pancakes I think, and podcasting. Listen, brilliant. It sells itself. Yeah. We have a new we have a new segment, Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> I am into it. We're, well, we're... if you do that, I will come back and I will eat pancakes with you. Nice, nice. We're gonna workshop it. We're gonna awesome. work out the kinks and we'll we'll uh, let you know when that's happening. <laughs> uh just let us know what toppings y- you like. Um okay, well hell, that's hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, that's great. Well, um, so before we let you go, uh, we play a little game here on Supergirl Radio uh, called Snap Judgments. It's a game that we created um, after uh, one of our favorite characters, Snapper Carr, who used to work at Catco uh, uh, prior to Nia joining the workforce there. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Would you rather go on the Legion Cruiser or the Wave Rider? Legion Cruiser. You know what? I I have to I feel like I have to say Wave Rider because I do uh, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast and I feel like <laughs> people people might judge. So I'm gonna go <laughs> <still> Wave Rider. <laughs> uh, but what about the Legion Cruiser? That's also in a show that you podcast about too. I know it does seem it does seem cool, but I mean Bebo is on one of them, so Oh, that's true. That's true. Um I, I think I would like to go on the Legion Cruiser because it's got uh the like the swirly chair that like goes around. Yeah, right. I think. I, what does the wave rider oh, have yeah. something like that? Oh, I, you know what? I don't think it does anymore. There used to be a, like a captain's chair, and then I oh. think they kind of got rid of it. So oh, okay. I don't know. See, the Legion Cruiser wave, on the wave rider, you can make whatever kind of clothes you want for whatever period you're going to. So <gasps> I could abuse that oh. privilege. I would have such a stocked closet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the uh, the next one is where would you rather work, Obsidian North or Elcorp? Elcorp. This is a tough one because I think I'm gonna go Obsidian North because like video games are cool, but also I feel like um, it's less strict there because people are just dropping tickets all over the place. It's like, <laughs> oh hey, there was a there was a murder house over on that hill. Could you get rid of it? And they're like, yeah, sure, we're gonna get to it. And then they just never do. So <laughs> I feel like I could really goof off there and just like play. Well, the yeah, but there's like there's like evil afoot <laughs> that's true that's a good point i'm i'm, risk- I'm taking some risks there to, to not work yeah the, the evil people are actually running that company um but then Elcorp, i don't uh i mean the case could be made that you know lena is doing uh experiments maybe in her basement somewhere where she's trying to mind control the world true so mm. that's a tough one lena girl what you doing <laughs> I guess I guess I would say Obsidian North, uh, just because I want to be in that building. I like that uh, Catco building. All right, so this is a kind of a tough one because you have to understand the definitions. So, uh, and uh, Nicole may be able to help us understand some of these powers. So, astral projection, which is being capable of projecting your consciousness into an incorporeal state and thereby move, uh, move about beyond the confines of your physical yeah. body. 
or yeah. precognition, which is seeing events yet to come. Mm-hmm. Oh, ast- astral projection. I think precognition would be a little too stressful for me. Astral projection, I could like stalk people. You know, you ever like, <laughs> you ever been in a guy's DMs and be like, he left me on red. Where, what's where's what's he doing? And so you can just kind of like peek in and be like, <laughs> I know you got that. <laughs> yeah, I know you got that. You gonna answer that? <laughs> Morgan, which one would you pick? Uh, I think I'd also go for astral projection because it seems like you could have more fun with it, and it seems a little less stressful. Like if I was uh, if I was getting all kinds of like knowledge of the future, I, I mean, right now it seems like it could be bad. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there is a lot of stress that comes with precognition. I think we're going to go three for three on astral projection there. All right, so the last one we have of our snap judgments. Uh, so, uh, better boss, Cat Grant or Andrea Rojas? Because Nia Kat did Grant. Because Nia did work for Cat Grant at yeah. one point. So you would go Cat Grant? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely Cat Grant. As much as I love Julie, who wants to work for Andrea Rojas? <laughs> She seems yeah, like she's... a nightmare to work for. <laughs> yeah, Cat Grant's a little stressful, but like uh, Andrea yeah. Rojas is like maybe evil. So I think that's. <laughs> yeah. There's like Cat Grant's a, she's a little. She's like a little demanding, but like this one like might demand you like sell her your soul. So yeah, yeah, I think it would go Cat Grant because at least Cat Grant she would not let those like VR patches those those errors go cat grant would be on she would be on top of that she's on top of it yeah make sure it was taking care of those tickets absolutely (laughs) i really hope we get to see in the future cat grant and nia interact i feel like the cat grant nia null relationship is very like i feel like they would be very close i feel like cat grant and nia just like walk past each other in the hall and they're they're just like those shoes with that top (laughs) darling I feel like that's very just silently judging other people. Silently judging each other or like poking fun at each other. Like, it's good to see you, cat. Those earrings are awfully bold. <laughs> that that checks out. I think that, that lines up with everything that we know about Cat Grant. No judgments on your snap judgments. Well, I think that uh, brings us to the end of our time. You've been so gracious with your time, Nicole, for spending so much oh, time with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we, we really enjoyed having you on and uh, answering some of our uh, dreamer questions, our silly desk bed questions, and making some uh, snap <laughs> judgments. Game. Yes. Thank you. I love it. I loved it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so if our listeners want to check you out on the internet, if they haven't already, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and now TikTok uh, under Nicole A. Names. So uh, I, I'm not as familiar with TikTok. I haven't really ventured in there. So what? what Neither kind, am I. <laughs> what kinds of content do you see yourself doing on TikTok? Uh, think of it like Vine. Okay. Um, it's kind of like that. I, I just, I don't have a lot of, I'm not, I don't, I'm not good at like churning out content like that. So I'm kind of, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to come up with content when I do it. So it could be a week in between my posts. It could be a month. Maybe incorporate some pancake eating. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know much about TikTok, uh, but I think I, I, I would watch that uh, personally. You can start a new genre of TikToks, of pancake TikToks. Absolutely. Just me <laughs> eating pancakes. 
what the people want. Yeah, that's what the people want. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. So if you, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to call us and leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are also on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Radio Public, and Podchaser. Um, and I guess uh, while we've got you, Nicole, we have a Spotify playlist. Are there any dream-related uh, songs that you would want? Like, I know there's, like, Dreamweaver. Losing My Religion. That was just a dream, just a dream, just a dream, dream. All right. Well, uh, we are also on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We are also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you want to give us a rating and write us a review, you can do that over there. And you can find all the links that I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Ashley for the DC TV plugs. If Supergirl Radio fills your heart with glee, then follow the network for DC TV. Don't fail this city, you've got to hear Quiver, where Amanda and Mike will always deliver. Then run along and check out The Flash. Andy and friends make quite the splash. Don't forget the legends like they all forgot Rip. These ladies would never jax you to the time ship. Then join Clement and Nate in the incredible Brit for Black Lightning's podcast where we all get lit. We come to iZombie, which is very alive, except maybe after the end of season five. Our newest addition to our CW crew is the Batwoman podcast ready for you. We jump over to Sci-Fi, a whole different channel, to check out Krypton way before our bro Kal-El. Then there's DC Universe so we can all stream. The awesome show Titans, we're only summer teens. And if you love the oldies, may I recommend classic DC TV. Honestly, 10 out of 10. That's it, I hope. Please, Andy, good night. But I would make an exception for Young Justice, all right? Check out DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid, and that's uh, basically where you'll find all of my stuff. Morgan, do you want to plug anything? Sure. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. And uh, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it with our, our time and our interview with Nicole Maines. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. Nicole, would you like to leave us with a dream pun? I don't know. I haven't had any really good ones. Usually they come to me in a dream.